podcast, bub. Hey, it's Cape Crisis. Indeed it is. Indeed it is. Welcome to Cape Crisis. I'm Henry Gilbert, the host of this podcast, the most energetic host on the Laser Time Gaming Network. Wait, no, not the Gaming Network. I don't get it all right, but I am the most energetic. That's it price. Is this week. That's the price of energy. Uh, and <laughs> also here is Christopher Antista. Oh, wait. Yes. Is that your new catchphrase? There. That's my sound effect all week. And also... It's bro- the block party, bitch. And also he's back after taking a week off. Uh, it's Brett Elston. He's not rested. Nope. He's- Hi. <laughs> hey, Brett. How's it going? For that week, did you see the amazing Spider-Man 2 and want to recant everything you said about it so far? No. Damn it! <laughs> I still have not seen it. Could have been an upset. Also, man, we have a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to talk about today, guys. Tons of news that happened. We've got uh, Days of Future Past to talk about, but as is the new custom, we're going to talk about it in the last part of the show, so don't worry about spoilers up until, like, the last 20 minutes of this episode. So Ta-da. Don't worry about that. But, mm-hmm. first off... You know, I don't have any current events to talk about because they're all too horribly depressing to <laughs> talk about the current events. So, instead, what have you been reading? Uh, I actually read Transmits Metropolitan for the first time. What? That's a shitload of fun. Yeah, it's, it is really fun. A very feels very pre-9-11, though, doesn't it now? It like, does. It's, but its it, political statements are very much of the 90s. It, it was looking at it because like, the art is... It's not. It's not. It's modern for like mainstream comics. Mm-hmm. It's not terribly modern for an indie comic. But yeah, yeah it's it was a shitload of fun, man. What I, I always loved about the art in that book was that it was by Derek Robertson, who yeah. up until Transmet, mm-hmm. he was known as like the new warriors artist. Like really? he did, he did the most pedestrian regular <laughs> superhero stuff. New Warriors was his big one for me because that Mark Bagley was the artist on New Warriors up to issue 25, as we all know. Mm-hmm. And then Derek Robertson took over for like more than 25 issues at least. And I didn't even know he was a Brit until, you know, working with Warren Ellis. Probably you're a British artist if you're working with Warren Ellis, but th- that's not true. But uh, no, I, yeah, what's, what's so great about Transmet? You like the Hunter S. Thompson vibe yeah. of the character? Yeah, I, I, it, and that more than the pre 9 11 thing, the back when a journalist could ask for any money. Yes. They just if like, I'm going to write this, I have some demands. That never happens anymore. Not I even, want not unlimited money yeah. and no deadlines. No deadlines. Yeah. I'm gonna, you're, he says, you're going to need to set me up in an apartment. and like, you already got the future wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, journalism is just com- the complete opposite of that. But they did mm-hmm. predict Google Glass. They did. But then he, everybody did. The uh-huh. board predicted that. I guess we all well, expected. In, in fact, uh, the argument is more that they did not predict it. Is that they, it was inevitable? It was those things that made it real. Mm. Uh, there was this was back in like the late nineties. Is or this whatever, a Star Trek thing? It is a Star Trek thing because there were people mm. in like the Air Force and military science who were like, "Oh yeah, every day, everyone, everyone's dream is like, I want to invent the phaser. I want to invent the teleporter. I want to invent the iPad. The the, <laughs> the iPad. It's like all those things come from like the ideas of just like yeah, the shit. need for that, and the technology finally came up to meet the need, not yeah. the idea. The idea of having like a HUD is like an inevitability like it will get to that point where google glass is the start but eventually the hope is i'll put in contacts in my eyes mm. and it'll just have shit over my that, that's what really scares oh. me about that because like the ar stuff that people could then do if everyone had those contacts in their eyes and it's just a completely <laughs> different world that everybody else than everybody yeah you can have a bunch of mods and yeah you know, well i'm just saying like you would see it, 
that would just like increase more of the income disparity in this country. Because man, I'm telling you, like the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Yeah, and, man. And, uh, that reminds me of an, an issue of three to one contact. I read they, the need what? the need for certain things was there. Uh-huh. So what the article was was an AR projection AR before that word existed on your windshield that projects basically right. everything your iPhone can do because people didn't think about the phone being the device to do that. Oh. They thought you're in your car more often, so you're going to need the time and phone calls projected on your windshield from a little projector behind your head. <laughs> and it was they showed it working, and I don't know. That's Sorry, that just that was a huge flashback you just gave. So me. did you buy the Transmet on Comixology? I'm assuming I did. You saw it was on sale. Mm-hmm. So you're spending all your money on Transmetropolitan on 99 cent issue. I spent. Five, almost five dollars on five yes. issues of Transmetropolitan. You're gonna be wishing you had those five dollars to buy beans <laughs> two months from now. You're gonna <laughs> be like, the beans I bought. I, I invested. In, I'm the screwed. I was gonna ask beans. about all these beans. Yeah. You're gonna be an old school hobo just cutting just, up beans. It's beans and wine. You'll have one bean and you'll put a toothpick. Through you kept it. asking me why I'm drinking so much water. I've just been doing so much stuff uh, with Laser Times. Let's say annual block party. I just forget to drink and eat all day. And whenever I see you, it's like I have forgotten to drink water the entire day. Yeah, it's been very weird. The last two times I've gone with Chris, like, on top of his, you know, one... Instead of three beers, he will have one beer and then a glass of water. And I'm like, what the, who, who are I am, you? I, I feel like I'm dying. That's, <laughs> that's finally catching that up. That is why. Other than Transmet, did you read anything else, Chris? Um, my buddy Tim Waugh sent me codes for um, Original Sin 2. I read... Oh, yeah, I read two. that as well. Have I didn't you read, read that, Brett. I haven't read it. Uh, I read Amazing Two though, mm. which is fun. I really. I, oh yeah, I read Amazing Two as well. Yeah, I like that. Those a, are both good. Anna Marie is not going to cut ties. No, to yeah, stay around. That's beautiful. That seemed like the perfect exit for. Her. She's like, nah, no, here. you know what it does? It seems and, like it's the perfect uh, precursor to a supervillain. Mm, yeah, maybe well, because I like she accepts she just... that he's he's not he's not the Peter Parker she loved, mm-hmm. but he is still Peter Parker, and she's not going to leave. And he's mm-hmm. never going to embrace her. Well, that she's a good like sidekick for him. Yeah, too. I like that. he's also and, great. And also, like I love that Spider-Man brought cookies to the uh, <laughs> to the Avengers, and that Spider-Woman chowed down. Mm-hmm. And it's Peter was like his his uh, webbing underwear wasn't disappearing after an hour, mm-hmm. like because it uh, the formula was, had been changed. I had, it's still, I think comic laugh out loud jokes are very rare for me, and that mm-hmm. that was one of them. Yeah, I think that's been a point of that book. Like, the first two issues mm-hmm. are Dan Slott being very clear, like, this is funny. This mm-hmm. is a joke. They're, they're joking moments again. And uh, while what I loved, I'm not going to spoil what uh, the big reveal in, uh, or original Sin 2, because there isn't really a big reveal. But there was one character who was wearing a hood the entire time. And when I saw him, I was like, I really want it to be this villain, and I know it's a villain Jason Aaron likes and has used before, but he's too silly to be used. And then the last page, he takes off the hood. And I was like, mm-hmm. "Yes, it is that is, guy." In original sin too? Yeah, in the okay. last page of original. Sin I have not. I, I started it and then and then got tired. Well, I read oh. the, the next Batman Eternal. That's fun, mm-hmm. but I really got to earn it since that's a full price comic. Um, and There's so many other Batman comics that are 99 cents I, that you've never read. Tim Wall also gave me a digital code for Avengers Endless Wartime. I haven't read that. No, yeah, I haven't, read, I haven't even heard of it. Yeah, I haven't heard that either. But I don't, I don't know if it's old. I'm going to check that out soon because mm-hmm. but it original, doesn't cost me money. Original Sin 2 is good, but I don't see it going anywhere big. Like, it doesn't feel like a big event yet, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I, that's, it doesn't... 
need to be. It just seems like a little detective story. But it is the summer event. I, I guess, but like keep when, whenever we get hyped up for shit like that, that's how we end up disappointed. And there is there's something grounded in granted it's the watcher, but there's something grounded in that the goal here is to solve one murder. I worry that the whole point of this is to give Nick Fury the boot to finally just completely oh, have him replaced no, with no. his African American son Nick Fury, who just happens to look like mm. uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Yes. Brett Elston, what have you been reading? I deserve answers. Just wanted to play that. <laughs> uh, That's good. <laughs> Actually, I'm reading a uh, Sundial by Shirley Jackson. Huh? Is that one of them wordy books? Yeah, I, I barely, I barely started. I I've been reading the autobiography of uh, Hardcore Bob Holly. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yep, it's pretty good. If you're looking for another wrestling book, I am. He, I am. Actually. Here's the tip with Bob Holly biography: you should read the beginning. Like every other, most pro wrestling biographies are like three chapters about their shitty childhood, but his is better. One of the more interesting shitty childhoods, <laughs> but. Instead, in the middle of the book, he's just like, so yeah, I was working at WWF, but I was also being a professional NASCAR driver. And <laughs> I was well, also and an like, astronaut. And no, but it's like 10, that's his thing that he right was. Right before I finished my Taekwondo championship. <laughs> when Bob Holly uh, first came in, he was the racing, he was the race car driver wrestler. Like, that was his gimmick. And so he just talks about being a race car driver all the time, and it's so boring. He's just. <sighs> I just keep skipping pages like, all right, racing terminology, racing terminology. Kevin Nash, all right, time to get in there. He also just doesn't pull any punch. He's like, yeah, Triple H is the biggest ass-kissing piece of shit there wow. ever was. Like, uh, so, yeah, check it out, people. But that's yeah. not a comic book. It sure isn't. Uh, but, no, I, I haven't read many superhero things lately. But I did buy uh, – I've read all of the first Fatal volume. Oh, isn't that great? It is really good. Uh, I got, like – it was cool because, like, I only knew bit. I didn't know much, but then it was, like – Oh, it's this like '50s style crime mm-hmm. drama that then goes into more modern day ish. Mm-hmm. I think. Well, yeah, like it has a framing device set in modern day. Yeah, and, uh, and then I was like, okay, that's cool. Oh, and it's San Francisco. Well, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, I mean, this is a mild spoiler, but you kind of already said it in the last episode. But then it's like, there's a lot of cult stuff, and then it's like, it's like basically Cthulhu stuff. Uh huh. And then like Josephine, is, she's a really interesting character. Like, yeah, I, I just like that she. She is a femme fatale by the definition of it, that she is a dangerous woman to be around. But, like, that to get around uh, the the kind of sexist portrayals of most femme fatales, it's like, well, no, she's magic. Like, she's magically dangerous yeah. to men, and she doesn't want it. Like, she's just kind of stuck with it. Yeah. Know? So, I read the first one, and I bought the second one. I haven't read it yet. Uh, I read the first issue, I think, of Sex Criminals, which was fun. Yeah. And then you- and then I oh, the Dutch microwave. Yeah, the Dutch microwave. <laughs> have uh, you read? Have you read? Uh, have you read Saga yet? Have yeah, read... I finished the first book. Oh, you of did. Saga. Yeah. Fantastic. Pretty uh, good. You dig it? Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Uh, I like the liar. The liar cat. Liar, liar cat is fantastic. Yeah, he's and the coolest. I'm about. Uh, we have the second volume, so I'm mm-hmm. waiting to read mm-hmm. that. I could probably start it. I want to space it out a little because the way they do it is like basically they do six months in a row and then they take like four months off. I see. So. Mm. They they issue nineteen just started like it was, but that's what's cool about. I I think more more books should get into this because it made issue nineteen an event because they're like Saga's back. Like everybody's like Saga's back. Cool. Yes, yes. If like, they did, maybe treat it a little more like 
instead of, let's say, uh, a burnout writer factory, <laughs> they treat it like a television season. Take some time off. Yeah. Think about stuff. Well, uh, that's... But, yeah, what I like about Fatal 2, uh, another thing I like about it compared to, like, Criminal that, mm-hmm. that him and Phillips worked on before... Is that part of the same series? No, no, but okay. it's it's the same two guys. It's mm-hmm. Sean Phillips and, and Brubaker, but that... It is an anthology-style story because... Mm. They just have different flashback periods each book. Like, each book is a collect, like, there's the current day framing device and then a flashback mm. set to it. And it takes you to really interesting places. There was one that was, they had uh, one brief story that took place in, like, 1995 Seattle grunge scene. Like, mm. and that was really interesting. Like, it's like right when it's dying? Kind of, yeah, yeah. And then, <laughs> and she, like, teams up with, she meets up with a group of, like, one-hit wonders who are trying to get their next grunge heads and... It was really good, and then like there's a why did they make fun aw- of the Lemonheads? They're there's great. an awesome diss on Pearl Jam. Like this guy, <laughs> this guy's just like, yeah, it's like you know, like Nirvana or Pearl Jam. I'm like fuck Pearl Jam, man. They posers, s- posers. They sold out. Man, I missed that form of music criticism. They sold out. What they do? They signed with a record deal. Yeah. Unlike Nirvana. So, but, but Brad, I, I, I interrupted you. That's pretty much all I wrote. Did you know that Brubaker and Phillips have a deal with Image now that they get to do whatever they like? Wow. They don't have to get a series approved by them. If they if they make a comic, Image publishes it. Like mm. They don't have to sell it. They don't have to pitch it to them. Right. It's just like, we did it. Here it is. Must be cool. That's pretty awesome. They did, <laughs> to have a clear track record of success and be able to then capitalize on it. Because they, the sarcasm's coming from. Because they're exactly. finished with Fatal, they're finishing Fatal. Like mm-hmm. they also are getting to just tell a whole story and just right. be done with it. Yeah. And then they're like, "Well, we got a whole new idea." Boom. Yeah. We're I do never it. did finish reading Sleeper. I just read the first one. Well, problem with Sleeper was that it did. Like, oh no, Sleeper was good all the way through. I, I was thinking of uh, not criminal, but incognito. incognito. Dog I, think shit. I, I think I read Dog the first. One. Incognito ends in Act Two. Like it's it feels like a three act book, uh, and then they just end at the second miniseries is Act Two, and it ends with kind of a, like an Empire Strikes Back kind of ending, yeah. and you're like. So will I ever see this again? Because it doesn't look. Like, they own the rights to to Incognito. It's their book, but who knows how long Marvel has like the exclusive publishing rights on it or something? I, I don't know. That's the, really all I've read. Lately. The comic book scene is tough to understand <laughs> behind the scenes. Well, all right. Well, I, I didn't read much other than Original Sin and Amazing Spider-Man, the same as you. Oh my so. god! This is it. This is the end of the what you've been reading segment. Yes, but the uh, we need to speed it up. Sorry, that was not the one I wanted. We need to speed it up because it's... I want a montage news. of all the times you play a sound effect and say, sorry, that's not the one I want. I'm, I'm starting to think. I'm starting to think it is the one you want. Boo, no, wrong, wrong. <laughs> I am very good at this. I normally get everything right. Yeah, I wanted Fraggle Rock right there. A little guts. A little video game apocalypse. And all right, so look, it's time for the news <laughs> section. I think this is now the format we should do. We should have... You should have what you've been reading, the I, news in the first half, and the spotlight second half. If I completely disagree, would it change anything? Eh, don't disagree <laughs> on the mic. Say I'm brilliant on the recording, <laughs> and we can, we can talk, discuss it later. Yeah. No. But in the news... I have a news, a news theme. All right. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> Somebody played a little Nicktoons racing on GBA. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, all right, so oh, I, I hate that. to make this always about uh, the movie stuff, but there were two big new movie things involving Marvel this week that Jesus, were like Marvel had a fucking terrible bad, week. yeah bad Marvel news day like uh, the last couple of days. So first off, the Edgar Wright, who I've been looking forward to Edgar Ooh. Wright's Ant Man for like 
four years now before they even confirmed they him. Didn't like even last make it official. Year. He made a pitch reel, showed it to the public, and said, "I want to do Ant Man." <laughs> yeah, and it was going to be so cool. He's such a great and it seemed like the okay for him to do that isn't even a year old. So they yeah, and they announced Edgar Wright's off the movie, and like that sucks because I want to see Edgar Wright, like Edgar Wright and Joe Cornish. Mm-hmm. Who co-wrote lots of movies together? Yeah, Joe Cornish directed, uh, wrote and directed Attack, Attack the Block. The Block, that's right, which but is fantastic. They were going to make Ant Man together, and then all of a sudden, boom, Edgar Wright's gone, and they don't have a director. And they still say they want to get the movie out next year, and I'm like, without a director, you yeah. better get one fast. It really sucks. Like we already we chose a release date. What do we do? Yeah, they're, they're, they should we stop? It's the first Phase Three movie. Yeah. Like, it's kind of a big deal, and so well, that my only need... argument with that is that you didn't seem to want to make Ant Man until public pressure because of Ed- Edgar Wright well, made you want to make an Ant Man. I think they're making movies like Ant Man and Guardians because they can't make X Men or Fantastic Four mm-hmm. Spider Man, so they're trying to move up the B level B level guys. And I think that's, that's cool. The thing is, all these characters are good enough that like. All you need is the right recipe, and an Ant-Man mm-hmm. movie can totally work. Just Edgar, like, Edgar Wright seemed really good yeah. for it, but it's like, I'm guessing what happened, and this is not clever on my part. A lot of people assume this, but like he had his idea for his Ant-Man movie, and then the Marvel Cinematic Universe has this own momentum that it has yeah. to follow. And he's like, oh, well, I, don't, you know, I don't want my character to end up or go to any of those places you think he needs to go. And it's mm-hmm. like... Well, we've already got plans for Ant-Man and Avengers 3, so by the end of the movie, you need to have this status quo. And he's like, that's nothing like the movie I want to make. Yeah. So that's my guess. Well, I can uh, tell you what Viority said. What, uh, I, like, I like calling it Variety Viority. It's, it's something I'm stealing from the best show, which is a, it's very culture. It's really is, funny. Yeah, I mean, it was so funny when I, when I described it. I honestly meant to say Variety, but I'm, I've... I'm a very mean person. I've been listening to the best show yeah, too much that I've been saying I Viority. I don't mean it, I just... I, but bear, you'll bear, come around. Bear with me you'll for at around. least a year. <laughs> In Variety, yes. they said uh, an unnamed source said it was basically that. It was just that mm. Edgar and, and uh, that Wright and Joe Cornish are just so... They're so used to having such power over their films they and telling are, the story they, they want to outside tell. Outside of Joss Whedon, they are the closest thing to an auteur. Yeah, like, they totally are. They have a style. They don't need Ant-Man. And, mm-hmm. and also, like, they... they don't need Ant-Man. Marvel... With their sequel hires for like Thor two and Captain America two, which I thought both of those were directed uh, really well. Both of them worked out wonderfully. Mm-hmm. But they hired TV directors who will not right. push. They won't have. They won't come in with their own agenda, perhaps. Which is, but it's like that sucks. Until I saw both of those movies and they were both yeah. like excellent. But absolutely, I love Edgar Wright stuff. Yeah, but the most. Edgar Wright, you could definitely say Edgar Wright put an Edgar Wrighty stamp on Scott Pilgrim, mm-hmm. and I oh, love that sure. movie, but it was a mega failure. Right, like mm-hmm. in the in so I, maybe that's why there's a lack of trust on that. But, but yeah, Variety said that that they had their script and then they gave it to the Marvel Brain Trust. The Brain Trust sent them back the script that had been rewritten, and mm-hmm. they said that we hate the script, we quit. Well, we're done. We can't. We're not making this movie with this script. And then they're out of there. And like, uh, in response to that, like Joss Whedon t- tweeted a picture <laughs> of beautiful. solidarity of him holding, just like looking down and holding up a Cornetto yeah. ice cream, which is a reference to the Cornetto trilogy of films. That the Edgar Wright. Uh, can you name them in order? Yeah, uh, I can. Like, it would go. <laughs> it would go. Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and End of the World. All right, you passed. 
Big surprise. World's End. Big surprise. World ends. Fuck! Yeah. Big World. surprise. I've seen none of them. Are you? You really haven't? Yeah, I don't Wait, know. what? I don't know how that happened, but I just never did. You would probably that, love these movies. That's probably impo- like how? How could you? How could you exist and not at least Sean? Like at least not Sean of the Dead. I think that's when it, crazy. Uh, I think. Uh, I think Sean of the Dead. I don't remember what year it came out. Mm-hmm. Two thousand four. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. I was not. No. <laughs> what? What? what was and then Hot Fuzz was 2006, I believe it was. Yeah, Hot, Fuzz. I was hot, too, hot Fuzz, I was probably alone in Hayward by myself, mm-hmm. knowing no one and not knowing anywhere to go, and I mm-hmm. refuse to see movies by myself because I'll probably cry. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't That's my problem. Uh-huh. Uh, and then what was the last one? And then World's End was last year. I, I, and I... Who I had who has the time? Who has the time? Look, uh, I haven't seen World's End. Oh, I have. So. It's great. Like Hot Fuzz no, was. I'm, I'm certain I will love Hot World's Fuzz. Was Wind. my favorite. It's just that they're so fucking different and have the same people in them every time. Why well, they're dense? Like they're yeah. written to be rewatched. I a did see times. Scott Pilgrim. It was great. Yeah, but fuck, you should see. Man, we should see one. God damn it! I want to do a movie night. I'm sure they're all great. Well, so no, they're really good. We could no, do a Cornetto I, movie night and just watch. Yeah, they're called they're Cornetto really because in the UK there's an ice cream brand called Cornetto and in each film they're eating there's this one scene of a character eating that ice cream and so then Joss Whedon was holding it up like a torch to be like I'm with you right but but James Gunn James Gunn had a really good response too on Facebook that he compared do you want me to read the all right if you if you got it up just I do have it up and it's you gotta read the whole thing I could it's it's beautiful all right sometimes you have friends in a relationship James Gunn is the director of Guardians of the Galaxy by the way also into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Sometimes you have friends in a relationship. You love each of them dearly as individuals, and you think they're amazing people. When they talk to you about their troubles, you do everything you can to support them and keep them together. Because if you love them both so much, doesn't it make sense that they should love each other? Uh, but little by little, you realize, you realize at heart, they weren't meant to be together. Not because there's anything wrong with either of them, but because they don't have the personalities that mesh in a comfortable way. They don't make each other happy. Although it's sad to see them split, when they do, you're surprisingly relieved and excited to see what their lives take, where their lives take them next. It's easy to try and make one party right and another party wrong when a breakup happens. But it isn't often that simple, or perhaps it's even more simple than that, not everyone belongs in a relationship together. It doesn't mean that they're not wonderful people, and that's true of both Edgar and Marvel. One of them isn't, one of, one of them isn't a person, but I think you get what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I was, I read it and was like, like wow, a nice way of dealing with it. But it's also like, quit sucking Marvel's dick. Well, what do, what, what do you expect him to do? Well, I also don't think that's the case at all. I it's know. like, how many... Yeah, whatever. I, I would have figured that James Gunn, more so than Edgar Wright, would be the one, like, last year to say, oh, you got these notes on my movie? Fuck you. Like, for what it's mm. worth, that new trailer of Guardians of the Galaxy mm, is, is like so good. the greatest trailer of it's all time. So good. When people... I, like, I, I like, I just you just think, like, how can the movie be that so good? good? I felt like the audience was totally into it, too, when yeah. we saw it a Days of Future Past. Yeah. Like, it's like the spirit in the sky playing yeah. with those shots. I'm like, I can't believe you did it. I like, tried to break it down shot by shot. There's a shot of uh, Zoe Saldana's ass. Fucking beautiful. See, I was just looking at her knives. Rocket raccoon tugging. But everything you look for in like a sizzle trailer, the movie seems to offer that. And except everybody's green, except and they they use an old ass song. Yeah, two old ass songs. Mm -hmm. It's and they've somehow made that original. I don't don't remember what that song is, but they made that the theme of Guardians of the Galaxy's Hooked on a Feeling. Yeah, Hooked on a Feeling. Hi, I'm believing. It's so weird. Oh, I did notice one of the one of the shots. It looks like a hand closing around whatever the purple gem is. Oh, I didn't see that. It's you very quick. 
It might just be, you know, uh, Ronan. Yeah, it was, it was. It took me the second time watching it to be like, oh, Ronan the Accuser is all over this thing. Yeah, it might just be him, like, charging power or something, but yeah. it looks like a hand holding one of the gems. I Somewhere. never thought a day would come that Ronan the Accuser <laughs> would be the main <laughs> villain in a movie. Co-starring Nebula. Yeah, Nebula. Like, Dijvan Hunsu's, well, I forget who he is. Michael Rourke is... Uh, the, Ro- Michael Rooker is... Um, Oh, the the arrow guy on the Guardians team, Nah, Mandu. Damn it! Yeah, wait, is he really Zandu? Yeah, yeah Z- Zandu. I think. It wow, is. really? Hey, uh, yeah. Remind me to capture the sound deflect. All right, who? <laughs> I never get tired of hearing that. Yeah. But so then the one-two punch back at that. Yeah. Was that Drew Goddard, the writer slash director of uh, the House? House of. Wow, I lost Scary it. Scary House. Uh, no, right uh, Cabin in the Woods. Cabin, Cabin in the Woods. Woods. Really good, really good. Right director that, he was going He was going to be the executive producer, writer, and director of the first episode of the Daredevil Netflix series. This one at least doesn't suggest James Gunn irreconcilable differences. Well, then he moved out because he's going to direct the Sinister Six movie that comes out apparently next fucking year. Like, <laughs> and I hate sort of, so, I hate these inner workings of like, companies and I don't really care and I don't want to post on forums about them but there, nothing makes me more curious than Drew Goodard telling the MCU executives I, I gotta go make the Spider-Man well, I gotta was, go make the Spider-Man movie he was movie. offered a Netflix show versus a feature film well, he's he was, never directed a big like, he was offered a chance to oversee like that small corner of the yeah. that, that significantly well, large portion of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, that the also, pilot episode is still his script. Yeah. He's still going to be a consultant on it's it. It's still. Like, I want to see. I just. I wanted to be on the fly in the wall when the Marvel executives are told I'm leaving for Spider Man. Yeah. That bullshit. <laughs> that fucking bullshit. You're going to walk away from this for those fucking assholes to deal with asshole Spider. You know what I mean. Well, he this, knows what I mean. Well, he, this makes me more impressed that uh, or more interested in the Sinister Six film. Like he's mm-hmm. directing it. I'm not. And if they got Harry in it, like Harry Balls in it, he's going to Harry Osborne. I yeah. am I am more interested in the Sinister Six movie. Well, but so then a different Buffy writer took mm. over for Goddard. Yeah, that's right. Scattered or something. I can't remember uh, his whoops. name. But, should have looked but, that up. Yeah, I, then, well, no, then, I should have that uh, up. And then they cast Daredevil. And they cast Daredevil as Charlie Cox, who... Seen Stardust? Yeah, he was the main character in Stardust. It was fun. Matthew Vaughn. Stardust was a totally fine film. Yeah. My problem with Stardust was that I had read the book a million years ago, mm-hmm. and that it wasn't as good as the book. Uh, especially they made some weird changes. I, just, I haven't seen anybody I thought, try and make a Labyrinth movie. No, I mean, it basically and, was Labyrinth, yeah. yeah. It was. And but, I, it's interesting. I, it was neat. I haven't ever rewatched it or felt the need to, and I nope, own it. Never will. And never will. But Matthew Vaughn's nice. We saw the trailer for the next Matthew Vaughn film. It which looks is fucking a, good. It's a Mark Miller concept oh. as well. I was. Is it a comic? Uh, I don't know if they ever made it I was a comic. When we walked out of Days of Future Past I mean, and I saw that trailer, book. it's about the secret, secret, secret service. I was like... I haven't seen a, a trailer for a movie that wasn't based on a property I already loved that I liked as much as that one. Well, you can totally see the pitch they came in with, like, yeah, yeah. Harry Potter meets James Bond. Where's our check? <laughs> we'll start every uh, British man that ever was in a movie. The trailer oh, was good, though. You uh, saw it, didn't you? I denied that. I, was not, I wasn't vibing on that trailer, Doug. <laughs> what? Really? No. no that trailer, cool. what, it had... Uh, it's grim anytime, and nice things. Anytime... It had every British white man that's ever been alive. I just... Oh, anytime there's a... I don't know what it is about that that type of person, that cocky kid with yeah. like oh, that, that that demeanor and the way they carry themselves. I'm like, 
please get the shit kicked out of you. Like, you need it. You really well, need it. Do you ever yell, like, your name at him? You call him Brett? Well, <laughs> it's also a bit of no, a... No, like, I don't walk around like, oh, what's always saying? And then fucking, like, try to... St- I don't well, know. Well, you can tell it's kind of... It's going to be a My Fair Lady type situation, too. <laughs> Definitely. Well, <laughs> where he's the Henry Higgins type, and then that guy... I guy's still don't the, know what you're talking about. <laughs> My Fair Lady... The, <laughs> The rain in Spain falls mainly on the plane. Like, now, you, yeah, I'm there. Okay, I'm on board. Take I'm off their board. clothes. I, I, <laughs> in My Fair Lady, Henry uh, Higgins is a... Uh, Mersey Dotson. Henry Higgins is a high-level guy. Uh, I don't like care a, anymore. A high-class guy who then is challenged via a bet that he could get a, a, a ragamuffin off the street uh, and make yeah. her I into see. a fancy lady. That I, fancy lady was uh, Audrey. Uh, Rachel Lee Cook. I get it. It was all, well, yeah. It, I just don't, there's something about that type of person that I just, I just want to see him get hurt. Mm. Not killed or like maimed or anything, but just like some people just need to get punched. But see, Charlie Cox, I believe he's British and... As I've complained mm-hmm. before, the Brits are have taken, taken over the superheroes. Taken over all the superheroes. It's now Daredevil following Spider Man and Batman. Though now Ben Affleck's taking back Batman, Batman. but, but Henry Cavill is Superman. I mean, we got Sherlock Holmes, but I feel like we're still <laughs> owed. Like the next three Doctor Who's should be American. <laughs> Must be awful. Uh, who do you? Who, who American do you think? American jobs for Americans. Yeah, that's what I say. Yeah. We don't have enough. I'm working on a stand-up routine here, guys. All right. I mean, just listen. Hear me out. All right. Yeah. All right. You know, we're going to take a break, I think. Is this the time? Sure, sure. Let's go for it. I have been, you know, I have been feeling good that Amazing Spider-Man has had, like, not great. It's still made $400 uh, million. Oh, it's, it's on track for $700 million globally. But uh, they wanted a billion. And so, I don't know if it's not, like, they're going to keep, they're not going to stop. But No. But uh, I just felt good when Godzilla came out the next week. Like, they said, oh, man, Amazing Spider-Man 2 had a horrible domestic drop-off. I guess nobody wants to... Everybody's running from it. Like, it makes me feel good. I, I shouldn't I have that, that kind of feel sour good. grapes feeling, but mm. it's just because I want. I saw this awesome. I tweeted it. That art of Spider-Man not being able to play with the Avengers. Yeah, oh. it was such a cute deviant art picture of like the Avengers <laughs> uh, are all little kids. They're just playing around at, on a green screen stage, and Spider-Man is just off camera, <laughs> like wiggling his arms, like please. But he's he's got like one of those child like leashes harness, attached, harness, harness thing, yeah. and uh, in a studio, a Sony executive is pulling him away. Shaking he his finger. It's like no, no, uh-huh. you can't have fun with the Avengers. <laughs> We've got to go over here. We've got all this great movies. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna take a break. When we come back, a superhero spotlight about apocalypse, and then also nice tease. We're talking about Days of Future Past and. Uh, I should have had a better teaser, right? Fine. But, uh, and also, we're going to talk about Days of Future Past and your responses to last week's question of the week. I've never been too good with names, but I remember faces. It's a shame about rain. In the stone under the dust, his name is still in Why, hello, everybody, and welcome to the break for Cape Crisis, episode 94. Just a reminder that we're going to have the spoilers for Days of Future Past way late in the episode, so you can still listen to the second half. But first, I want to just thank you guys for listening to the show. Thank you so very much. I appreciate all your time listening. 
But if you'd like to help us out with more than just listening or subscribing to the show, you should be going to lasertimepodcast.com to help out. On the left side of the screen on that homepage is a PayPal button where you can just give us a little a little tip through PayPal that really helps us out. Like it's it's just nice and appreciated. Like whatever you could spare. Or you could buy a t-shirt from the t-shirt store, which is right beneath the PayPal link button. Or on the right side of the screen, there's a bunch of links to Amazon with suggested things you could buy. You could buy the stuff we bring up, or you could just buy whatever you felt like. And as long as you bought it through that tab, a little bit of the money goes our way. It really helps us out. Also, if you listen to this podcast on iTunes and you have yet to review the show, please, come on, review the show. Be sure to subscribe and review the show. It really helps us out. Also... Uh, you know what? No, no. Also, it's the time of the Hank's Corner Pick of the Week. I did that backwards, but that's okay. Uh, the, this week's uh, Pick of the Week is the new Miracle Man collection that I just got. Uh, Miracle Man is one of the few Alan Moore classics that I've never read. And it's because, like, legally it wasn't available, at least in America, pretty much my entire life. Like... It was a big hit in the mid-80s in the UK that then got uh, uh, brought over to the US. And then it got lost in copyright limbo. And it was unclear who owned it and who didn't. Like, Marvel has been fighting for the rights to publish Miracle Man comics for a decade. And they finally, finally, finally got it all untangled, figured out, and they're publishing it. And it was Alan Moore's uh, Miracle Man, also known as Marvel Man in the UK. It was Alan Moore's first big work on it. It is totally the groundwork for the uh, postmodern stuff that he did later on, and, and you know Swamp Thing and all that. It's a great, great book. Uh, the first volume is just out now in hardcover. Check it out. The weirdest thing is that Alan Moore is not credited on it because he's a grumpy old man that doesn't want to be credited. So it says the book is by in title case the original writer but uh hey it's still you don't need his credit on it to buy it and you can buy it through the amazon link on this week's episode at lasertimepodcast.com so be sure to check that out and now back to the rest of the show Episode 94 of Cave Crisis, and now it's time for... Superhorn! It was an accident. And now it's... See? It was an accident. And now it's time for... The Superhero Spotlight! That was actually in the Superhero Spotlight portion. Michael! Just kidding. Select your hero! Woo! Alright. So, I, you know... I like that we did a DC one last week, and it would be nice to do another DC one, but... I feel like we must talk about Apocalypse. It's like no spoiler territory here, but I mean, the next X-Men movie in 2016 is Apocalypse. That's that's the fucking name of it. Like, that's, so that's maybe, not a spoiler. That news has been out for So like now six that months. we're just thinking about the future mm-hmm. and not days of future past, mm-hmm. uh, it's time to maybe acquaint some people with Apocalypse because I know after we after we've seen the movie, like people were going like, well, so what's the next one? 
oh, it's Apocalypse. What's that? Who is that? And I'm like, I'm glad you asked. No, I wasn't who, who's that. It's just that like when I read Age of Apocalypse, it didn't seem to take place inside a real continuity. It was like a massive flash forward oh, well, yeah. to a... Right, to but a, he's a villain in the regular universe. He is. He, no, he. I, that I understand, but he's... Well, all right, shush. Mm. Yeah, mm. No, I caught myself. You just... But anyway, yeah, Apocalypse... He's he's an enigmatic guy. Like in Age of Apocalypse, the series, like that is another of one of the many dystopian futures mm-hmm. that the X Men are involved in. That one it happens because Charles Xavier is killed, mm-hmm. uh, like before like, he like can now. even start the X. No, before he can even uh. start the X Men. So they see Charles Xavier's son Genesis like. goes back in time, meaning to kill Magneto. Accidentally kills Professor Xavier, mm-hmm. and thus. Uh, it gives apocalypse. Apocalypse then rises, takes mm-hmm. over the earth, kills pretty much everybody, but a ragtag group of mutants who are trying to fight him. And Xavier, uh, like, yeah, uh, Magneto's running the X Men, and he's like married to Rogue and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, but that isn't even that's not real yeah. apocalypse. Like, I can't imagine they'll really pull from much of that. Well, I mean, if I think Days of they'll Future... cherry pick the way they did Days of Future Past. Well, people, yeah. yeah, people like Days of Future Past alternate timeline so much, mm-hmm. but. Well, this is all Days of Future Past spoilers, which we're going to have in the later section of the thing. But Apocalypse, where did he come from? Yes, where did he come from? Well, where, so he first appeared... Kid Apocalypse... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no. So he first appeared in X-Factor number five. Mm-hmm. In the first uh, run of X-Factor, they were... I, I This was news to me when I looked this up today. Mm-hmm. But Bob Layton was the writer on X-Factor for the first five issues. X-Factor, at the time... Claremont wanted just only new X-Men on his team or in his books, in the X-Men books. So all the originals got swept out. That Cyclops, Jean Grey, who just came back from the dead when X-Factor started, Mm -hmm. Iceman, Angel, and Beast. All five of them created the team X-Factor that were kind of a government team. They were fighting a guy in the shadows. And they wanted the reveal to be, Bob Layton, the writer, wanted the uh, reveal to be the owl. The owl of all characters wow. was fucking with the X-Factor. He's like, oh, who's the shadowy enemy? The owl, who's like a B-tier daredevil villain. Like, yeah, who cares? Yeah, and so I think that was the reaction that his last issue so they was... Could, they good. could tease a silhouette for a long time and everybody would believe it was Wolverine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, so they'd had like a non-defined uh, shadowy guy mm-hmm. for most of the first issues... Bob Layton's last issue was five, and it was going to end with the reveal of the owl. But the next writer on it, uh, Louise Simonson, wife of Walter Simonson, she didn't want it to be that guy. They decided that it would be a brand new enemy who would be mm. this new Magneto-level threat for them. And they reveal it's like this purple guy who calls himself Apocalypse and is planning the end of the world with him as the controller of it. And that he's going to destroy the earth and only the strong will survive like he's very Nietzschean bad guy uh, like that yeah it's, it's a very like survival con- of the constantly fittest. talking about survival of the fittest and obsessed with genes and mm-hmm. uh he's very evolution focused yeah. like that's his <clears> thing. nazi california raisin well it's because he's lived for five thousand years mm. like he was born in three thousand bc in egypt wow and his uh, real name is in sabanur in sabanur that yes. is correct and uh, I believe he was the first mutant. Pretty much, yeah. It's, Wait, it's, really? That's hard to prove. Like, right. there have been other books where, like, they say somebody else was the first mutant. Right. How do you define a mutation? But yeah, he was born with gray skin. This this was his whole like later revealed uh, origin. He's this, just this baby born with gray skin mm-hmm. who grew up with this like tribe of uh, of. Uh, of 
pe- people who, nomads, tribe of nomads. And then him, he like came up through the tribe, became their leader, super strong. They taught him that only the strong survive. And then his mutation started. And the and his mutation is whatever the fuck he wants. Like, Pretty much, he can. He has whatever power the writers need him to have at the time. Uh, indestructible explain? skin, transformation, yeah. energy blasts, tele- telepathy, mm. telekinesis, like uh, the the ability to project unbreakable force fields. I'm pretty shocked to hear like, he's human. He can kind of do everything. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, he's so like he's so powerful though, and his mutation is like kind of like imagine if he had all of the core X Men powers mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. And it's he, like, mm-hmm. yeah, and he's immortal. And he's immortal, which I guess is part of the mutation. I don't, I don't know if he did something so. to himself, but he also like well, augmented, he has, also augmented himself with a bunch of alien technology that he yes, found in he, the pyramids. Or well, because as you know, the the Egyptians had alien technology. Right, brown, brown people like can't build crazy things. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? So he got that alien technology. And it's that, always a man. It's such a thing. Like no, no white writers can believe. Like. Well, this I, idea that the pyramids were built by them, like, no way. Unrelated to Apocalypse, I was just thinking about that today, that, like, I, I think it's more so that it is just a bunch of white dude writers and and them dealing with other cultures. They just want to make it sci-fi. But I also think, like, they just read what was ever in, like, the time-life books of, of, <laughs> of Secrets. And right. Oh, man, those are great. They just, like, they read about, you know, Project Paperclip that right. says, oh, that was the Nazis trying to put secret... The, in, infiltrated the government and stuff like that, and then they and then that expands to oh Hydra infiltrated Shield. Like right. they they just take conspiracy theories and then attach a supervillain to them. Like right. that, that's kind of what happens. So that's that's what happened with Apocalypse. And, and as Apocalypse was go, going up in the world, like he he met a geneticist, I believe he was named, named Essex, Nathan Essex. Yes, who who was just like, hey, I can help you kill everybody who isn't a mutant, and but you got to give me powers and make me immortal too. And then, boom, that's how Mr. Sinister was born. Yeah. Who, he's a bit more... That's that's also Apocalypse's thing. He's definitely a bad guy in... Without... he he. There's a clip of him that I was watching today of just... He had so many awesome quotes on the X-Men cartoon. Right. Like, I loved his character. But he was definitely of the mode of, like, non-malevolent, I exist to be evil kind of guy. Like yeah. Thanos or Darkseid. He wears his initial as a belt buckle. And he has a giant A belt buckle, which I can't think will be in the movie, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. But all right, uh, play the clip. I want to like talking about his voice. Right. Like he's like, I am the ageless. This thing. is the this is the line I love. Okay. I am the rocks of the eternal shore. Crash against me and be broken. Oh. I, I I have that from like 1997, like typing in Lycos, like, Apocalypse X-Men quote, and I have a wave of that from, like, <sighs> it sounds like shit. So great. Crash against me, me and be broken. Because he sounds like an old man. I, I just didn't realize Venture Brothers' Baron von Underbite resembles yes. Apocalypse. <laughs> it's very true. Like, almost the, like that cartoon really got, really... Uh, yeah, but it, but his character is not is not Apocalypse. Well, I mean, he's not. Well, he's no. He's more of a Doctor Doom villain. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. His, yeah. his story is Doom, but he looks like Apocalypse. I'm only saying that because, uh, like, Apocalypse has not been a part of many comics that I've read. Well, because Apocalypse, so they had been building the. This is where the Apocalypse story kind of ends. That mm-hmm. he, they've been building him up as the ultimate guy. Like, 
starting in the 80s and, and really bad in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chris Claremont and the people who followed him loved building up mega super conspiracies and giant storylines. And, and there's always a mystery man behind everything. And like, they would talk about like how... He got like, involved with the Executioner song and Strife and Cable mm-hmm. and the Technorganic Virus. And like it all comes back to Apocalypse. Yeah, and it's all back to Apocalypse. And, and also that like... They had set up this thing called the Twelve, that there are the Twelve Mutants that could stop Apocalypse, and it, and finally, in like the early two thousands, a writer just the the I believe the writer right before Grant Morrison took over, the, that writer was like, we're just finally going to end this, like we're getting rid of the Twelve, like we're just going to say these guys are the Twelve, and they're finally going to just have it out with Apocalypse, and that basically came to Apocalypse for I forget the story reason but he had to meld with one of the summerses like i feel like cyclops died around that time right? that is how he died like so he needs to meld with one he was going to meld with nate gray which is right (laughs) which is cable from another universe from another timeline but that's that's a whole another story but but instead scott summers jumps in instead and melds with him thus making him destroyable i see and so they kill that body, or they think they do, but they actually shoot him to another timeline. Then Jean Grey finds him in that timeline, right. excises Apocalypse's spirit from Summers, uh-huh. and kills the spirit, apparently. Then Apocalypse was pretty much gone from the comics for, I'd say, eight years or yeah. something. A long time. Until, they in the new X-Factor book, they brought back Kid Apocalypse, who is this kid named, instead of... Uh, in Sabanur, his name is Evan Sabanur. Jesus Christ. Like, but he's really fun. I, I like what they do with it. Like, I like what Jason Aaron did with him in the... Uh, do, you, do you read the Wolverine and the X-Men book? No. Yes. In the school, like, mm-hmm. uh, in the second year of the series, Kid Apocalypse started going to the school. Yes. And he's, like, such a regular kid, except he he's looks angsty. just like He looks just like a, an angsty as shit, and everybody knows what he's done and what he will become, except uh, for him. Yeah, and he's just like, well, yeah, uh-huh. I'm just going to be a superhero. And then yeah. uh, characters keep calling him, like, Kid kid Pocalypse or something. And mm-hmm. Is he, like, a reincarnated version? Yeah, he's the reincarnation. Okay. That he was a reincarnation who was being indoctrinated to become Apocalypse by Apocalypse's followers and then the x-men took him back and he's just like i'm a mutant can i join your school I and, see. and he's just a nice kid it's who, also worth pointing out that his whole he's apocalypse so therefore he has four horsemen yeah oh, and yeah. that is how from angel that is how you get archangel he yep. took him and he became death i think i believe he was the angel of death yeah and he's angel of death so he took his wings away gave him metal wings gave him blue skin and, and he also- that- and that's how you get Archangel. But that's when Archangel... I remember thinking Archangel got, like, totally Wolverineized. Like, he was just... A little bit. Like, oh, well, he, Wolverine's got a Berserker Rage. He's got a Berserker Rage, too. And he's got Unbreakable Metal Wings. Like, it's not- so weird, though, thinking, like, that's such a, like... You would think that's such a gritty 90s reboot, like Daredevil's new outfit or uh-huh. or the or the Hobgoblin cyber armor or whatever it was and, the, <laughs> and, and all that crap. But it was like, no, this was like 80s, and mm-hmm. it, it stuck really well. Like, Archangel became this, like, mm-hmm. very classic design. And it was like, yeah, that's really cool. What? Yeah. what? That's actually a design I remember getting used to him with. Yeah. X, uh, well, and then it, it makes just when he has his feather wings back. It's like, weird. Those are weird, and they seem easily breakable. Like, it's just like, that's just a big weakness that you've got. Yeah, well, it's also then it's less clear. Like, so your power is big unwieldy wings mm-hmm. that don't do anything so you your only attack is usually like grab someone drop them yep whereas archangels like you look creepy you can shoot razors out of your wings i kind of got crazy blue skin yeah i okay i get it 
Uh, but yeah, so that's where yeah. Apocalypse is at. Most recently, Apocalypse, regular Apocalypse, made an appearance in the Uncanny Avengers book, but in like a flashback where he like went to kill Thor back when Thor only had his, his uh, axe, not his hammer. It was a neat fight. And uh, But yeah, definitely I would think regular Apocalypse will be coming back to the forefront soon in the comic. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. By the time he comes back, it'll be like 10 years <laughs> since he was a main villain. Yeah, it has. And, and that they should give a mega character like him needs a break like that. Like, I agree. You need to take... Even like Magneto, that you can do like once every three years, a big Magneto story, or Doctor Doom, but even though that's pushing it. But like Thanos... Apocalypse, Dark Side, Anti Monitor, like those are the universe ending threats that if they get beaten too often then then they're not believable. Yeah, I mean like, that's how I feel about Ultron. Yeah, like, Ultron's, Ultron's well. usually not used all that often. And then when they did use them. <sighs> well, let's not talk about that again. And so that's the end of the superhero spotlight. Where you at, Chris? Select your hero. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> all right, and before we finally get into our thoughts, ah, uh, uh, your thoughts, thoughts on, on the X Men Days of Future Past? The thoughts are too much for my mind. Is this this spoiler territory? Hey. No, not yet. This mm. is last week's answers to question oh. of the week. Then it's spoiler territory, so you guys are still safe. That's right. All right. So last week's question of the week: Will Marvel? The rumors are saying Marvel might do a reboot. Do you think they actually will do it? And if so, what do you think of that? <sighs> All right. So. First up was a first responder, Aimbot Master, mm-hmm. who said, uh, "Yes, I can see Marvel trying to reboot their comics for a month or two, resetting their sliding time scale. How many presidents has Spider-Man met? <laughs> but not with an emergency, not without an, an emergency reverse switch. I.e., oh my gosh, I was wrong. It was a different Earth all along." Uh-oh. Super Giraffe says, "Finally made a <laughs> Super Giraffe says, "Probably not." From what I can tell, Marvel now is working well for them in terms of sales, and a lot of those books seems to be getting hype outside of the stereotypical comic book nerd. I can't imagine that they'll burn their new audience by either wiping out those characters or undoing those stories immediately. I thought that was a good point. Like, they've already gotten new readers without rebooting, mm-hmm. and now they want to tell their new readers, like, no, nah, that didn't happen. Like, you've been reading for two years, but nah. We want more people like you. Uh, Aaron Baba says... I'd always assumed that this would happen. Uh, this wouldn't happen until Phase Three of the films finished. Recasting actors and rebooting the comics would seem to make sense around the same time. Yeah, yeah I'd be more inclined to believe that. Mm-hmm. Mm. I just uh, always, I, I like I, in the back of my mind, kind of envisioning. Yeah, there would be certain heroes that take center focus, but the Marvel Cinematic Universe would be around for years. So you slowly recast people without doing a full reset, kind of the yeah. same way they do. But it seems like RDJ and... Well, it seems like they don't have access to all their fucking characters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they have to do that. Because it, if well, Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. don't want to play the shit anymore, you have to recast things. They seem pretty set on like, yeah, we're done after this. Yeah. Like, you, can give a, you can offer us $100 million and maybe they'll do it. But like... <laughs> all right. Joe says, probably not true. But if it is, it's somehow Bendis is doing, given his long-standing history of undermining perfectly functional canon in order to reshape something as he desires. Goose Goose writes, Reutz, uh, Marvel now seems to be doing just fine, so I doubt they'll do a full reboot, at least 
I hope they won't. If they do feel so inclined to reboot something, I guess they have to do it with some of the lesser heroes, but leave the big guns alone. And then lastly, Optical Nerd wrote, Well, sure, a reboot is a possibility, but who would, be- who would it benefit? For fans of the MCU? I throw mm. comics at my friends mm. who normally wouldn't be into them, and they don't budge, but they'll marathon all the Phase 1 movies. I don't know how effective comic book marketing is on people who are already inundated with the stigma of continuity. The buyers are out, uh, who are out supporting their local shops could still potentially foster unsure attitudes after DC's 52 reboot sort of underwhelmed. I think that's a fair assumption. That's what it he just said. Seems like I, I feel like Marvel could learn a bit from... You don't need to do a full reboot because your characters are kind of like... I don't know. I, I I feel like lately they've been better about you not having to be caught up in continuity. It seems like the mm-hmm. continuity reset happens almost, not continuity, but like a status quo update is like almost every two years now. Mm-hmm. So it's like if I like when Uncanny X Men and All New X Men started again, that was like a year and a half, two years ago, and it's like I wasn't reading X Men at all before that, and I didn't feel like I missed anything, and mm-hmm. I knew almost all the characters already, but. The status quo and what everyone was doing was like, yeah, I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. I th- so I, I just feel like I think Marvel's doing it a little now, but like things like just make graphic novels, things that mm-hmm. go out and it's like, here's one story. Mm-hmm. It's a Spider-Man story. It probably, if it's really good and has cool art and a cool bit or something, then like it'll get a little bit of pickup because it's like you can literally recommend this. Here's a thing. You hold it. It's yours. It's not tied to anything. It's just a Spider-Man You don't need to buy story. another one. It's just, and it's just Spider-Man. like there's so many Batman things that are just like that yeah. where you just hand people like – here, read this. Maybe they were issues like 15 years ago, but like mm-hmm. that doesn't matter. You it, can totally like, do that with year one. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't matter that year one was a series. It, it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter that Watchmen was ever a series. It, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. it doesn't matter because you just handle this. There's not a lot of Spider-Man trades even now because they're all kind of still part of mm-hmm. like big time. It's like that's an okay part to jump on, but when it ends, you're not going to get a great resolution. It's just like mm-hmm. and it just next. leads to the next thing. It's like... Instead, well, here's a... Here's and it is a good jumping on point, but it still is like... you. It introduces you very quickly, the idea of Spider-Man is a member of the Avengers, but it's also like, oh, Spider-Man's on the Avengers? Oh, wait, and these guys know who Spider-Man is and who Yeah, there's is. a lot going on. You're like, wait, how does everyone J. know Jonah who Jameson's the mayor? J- yeah, like, Jameson's the mayor. Like, all that kind of stuff where it's like, no, here's a completely out of the continuity. It's just, this is Spider-Man. It's all the archetypal thing. Like, Jonah's there... You can have Eddie Brock as Venom, and it doesn't matter. Like all those kind of Harry Osborn's back, and nobody knows he's the Goblin. Like you can totally do that stuff. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter. It's just a story, and it's solely to get people to buy a goddamn Spider-Man comic book. You normally don't. I, I would say like the recent uh, OGN that they did for Spider-Man Family Business. Or, yeah, I almost said Family Matters, but it's there's a family. Thanos one coming soon. Yeah, the Thanos one. My good old Star. Rod Sterling. Jim Starlin. Jim Sterling. The cre- Jim Starlin, the creator of Thanos. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. it'll, be, I, it'll, be, it'll be very uh, back patty for Thanos. He created Thanos. Yeah, his, his books are not even about... He started writing Thanos books as Thanos as the guy who's going to get defeated. He's the big villain. But in the middle of the Infinity stories he was writing, he's like, now nah, Thanos is the best. Like, nobody's better than him. Yeah. Like, he outsmarts every single person, and he's right all the time. <laughs> I think we have a review of that up on LazyTimePodcast.com right Well, now. that's Thanos the end. Oh, my bad. My bad. It's not as Jim <laughs> Sterling's. Jim Sterling's. But, so uh, no, you were close. But he says Jim Sterling returns. Well, he might have written it. Maybe mm-hmm. that is the th- I don't know. All right, but let's get into it, guys. X-Men. Oh. Days of Future <coughs> 
past. Spoilers. Spoiler time. Boom. Uh, it was great. It, it was, was. It was really good. Like really good. I think you were the most down on it of all of us because like I left going like that was as good as X two. Like I enjoyed the shit <laughs> yeah. out of it. Wasn't as good as X two. Like I, that is a well, pronouncement I will make. The, the, well, the what X two didn't do is reset any continuity in time. I travel. guess that's part of well, it. Well, because they didn't have a shitty continuity as well. I mean, you're it's, right. It's, it, more, it's more respectable what X2 did because it did it within the continuity set up by the same people, yeah. which mm-hmm. is also the voice of uh, Solid Snake, just so you remember. H- Hater wrote it. Yes. Hater wrote it. Uh, yep. But yes. I still I still thought it was an incredibly fun movie, and everything I was worried about going into it didn't come to fruition. But mm-hmm. like also the fact that it could juggle. Like, no, mm-hmm. here's a bunch of things that historically are very difficult for... Mm-hmm mass audience like mm. to make a bunch of money and to re- actually review well it's like the highest Metacritic uh, movie of all these superhero movies in the last like several batch wow it's, it's, At least the last it's time also I interesting to think about it's like it's one of the it's like James Bond to sir. It, it's been around for almost 20 this years is, this is the if you want to feel well, old look at a picture of yeah. the X-Men cast from the 2000 yeah. premiere July 14th 2000 mm. you will feel very this old this is the 7th movie in the series it's That's crazy. fucking crazy. Uh, but it, it juggles a time travel story mm-hmm. featuring an ensemble superhero cast. All of them have different powers. Two are, ensembles. Two, 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 two ensembles. ensembles. It organizes a reboot and yeah, a pre-existing franchise. Yep. And and ends in a status quo that undoes the unpopular movie. Mm. Uh, keeps pieces Movies. of the first two. But even, even when it ends, because Mystique is Stryker, which means she gets Wolverine... And when you come back to the present day, Wolverine's still at the school, but Gene and Scott are both alive and still there. It's mm-hmm. like, wait, so X2 didn't happen then either. No. Because well, she dies. Yeah, they bo- okay. Like, they both die at the end or whatever, and it's or, like, that didn't happen. Or she came back a different way and didn't need to be killed. It's possible. Nah, I probably the Phoenix never happened. I don't probably think, yeah. Phoenix I'm going to guess they're like, no, that didn't happen. Like, we were building for it. It got handled so poorly. Let's not bother. I'd hate to lose the end of X2 because that's such an awesome ending. Like, I mean, that ending of X2 is the end of, of Wrath of Khan. Like, it, it is. It's exactly it totally, the it, end of it. It, it, it really the, is. But it's like, you. I, I don't know now because is the, is the future that he went back to mm-hmm. just... Oh, here's like right before X three happened, and we all kind of no, know. No, it's supposed to be the same time he sent back. Uh, he yeah, was, he had he, he had his uh, Polly Walnuts wingtips on still. So it was whatever up. point they started out in the beginning of the movie. Because with when he goes to the past, like he ended up at the bottom, filled with metal rods, mm-hmm. and Mystique was Striker. That means mm-hmm. Striker wasn't Striker. So when he goes back to the future, mm-hmm. the present, mm-hmm. that's a timeline where Striker didn't do that shit to him. Mm-hmm. Or well, she could have been Striker doing that to him to make him for her own reasons, Perhaps. like. I want Wolverine to have adamantium claws. I know it's a tragedy yeah. that he has adamantium claws. No, I can claws, see Mystique like, just going through with it, mm-hmm. but like that's, it, it's interesting in that movie when the only I mean, time when she okay if she got if she's got him there, yeah. that's maybe just when she does adamantium claws to him that she doesn't yeah. have to do. They don't have to do the stupid dance that they did in the in the origins movie to yeah. get in to get adamantium. And it, it is it is the past Mystique who has no idea. What the repercussions of anything she does? Yeah. So it stands to reason, like there, there, you could may, you could easily speculate she will do the exact same thing to Wolverine that Stryker would have. Well, that Wolverine because she's like, just as heartless and just as means to the end. When they're fishing Wolverine out of the water, mm-hmm. like it's supposed to look like his when he was dumped right. into the water, like right. in, to get his adamantium. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, but even then, Mystique, how long does she generally occupy people? 
Well, she did it at the end of X Men One. She took over Senator's body for, for like, a while. Yeah. For implied like a couple years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it's just weird thinking like that. Mystique would then go on to hang out with Magneto and do this ridiculous Statue of Liberty plot. Well, then she wouldn't. But she would. She's then. gotten better now, right? That's right. Just, so, but then what in X Men One didn't happen? Yeah, the X Men One didn't. That's happen. that's the double edged sword. Is that it reset reset the stuff we didn't like, but it still can reset the stuff we did like yeah. and make all those movies not matter. But yeah, at the end of the day, like. Everyone, everyone looked cool. All the powers are great. Blink was fucking awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah. those fight scenes. Those are the best fight scenes in the movie. Bishop, yeah. like, Bishop was a fun. future one. Yeah, it was fun. It, it Iceman got to be Iceman. It made it all right. Yeah, Iceman got to slide on ice on ice slides. He got, he got killed twice for his skin. efforts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was man. They got to they got they, to murder the fuck that, out of him. That just because really it great. didn't count exactly. In the end. Like they got to decapitate folks. But I think with, that's like, that's the future of superhero movies we never ever thought we'd see. Yeah, like that really, really, really Iceman dark getting version. his head crushed, crushed. Yeah, like like decapitated and crushed. Colossus getting his head bashed in. Yeah, like getting ripped in half. Oh, yeah, I forgot they ripped him in half. Yeah, I was feeling... I I was glad... At the very start of the movie, it's like five minutes of the future, and then Patrick Stewart doing a good job, but he just does a mega exposition dump of just like, well, here's exactly how we got here. Here's what our plan needs to be. We've got to stop this back then. Okay, everybody got it? Like, what's our, like, and then, and then they immediately, then they go back in time. I thought, oh, is that all we're going to get in the future? Oh. My only issue was, um, they're in the, right in the beginning. It's like, you're also going to have to go back and meet me in the past. Magneto. <laughs> which led to the coolest sequence in the movie. Yeah. Um, People were saying we're going to have to. Not at any time in the rest of the movie did they actually need Magneto for anything. And given who he was at that time, wouldn't he have known that Magneto just would have been a giant dick and practically ruined everything? Well, that is always what Magneto does. I know, like, but... All like, right, we're working together. No, they, now we're not. They all said right. with all the knowledge of the future to go back specifically, bust out Magneto, and bring him here because only he can help us, and he doesn't do one thing specifically to help anyone. Well, it was because... Miss, I believe the reasoning was Mystique wouldn't listen to Charles, that she would listen to Mags. Mm. And I also just like that they, the way they dealt with the first class cast, who most yeah. of them were just gone. They're like, well, yeah, the, all the all the other brotherhood, like they were just murdered. They were dead. dead. They were dead and chopped up. Like that was their thing. And yeah. same with the. Uh, it only bothered me with Emma Frost because I don't, I don't guess I don't really love her. January Jones sucked, man. Mm. The White Queen is great. I love yeah. the White Queen, mm-hmm. but January Jones was but not just doing to, like, her any favors. As an aside, yeah, she's dead. Yeah. She won't be around anymore. Well, yeah, I, and that and that is the past. She's dead forever, according to the X Men. Well, that was the thing too that they they needed to they ditched the dead wood of mm-hmm. the of the first class class. They're like, yeah. who do we need? Beast, Xavier. You don't miss Ben Magneto, Foster? Mystique. That's oh, all that, I needed. Man. That I hope somebody was sitting close to Grimm when you got to see Beast in the future mm. for that one second. One second, okay. Kelsey. Great. Kind of late for you. Yeah, it really is me. <laughs> and that's all. That's all I want out of Beast. Like so, I don't. I, I want Kelsey Grammer as yes, Beast. He's, he's great, and I don't want him to ever fight again. He looks ridiculous, <laughs> but it's like him being a, like yes, like yes, that's perfect. So you know what I loved about uh, about, about Fassbender's Magneto? It reminded me again. Well, I loved about him in both the. I both thought he was movies. so much better in this movie. But I liked him in both movies where he's just like such like so militant. Like yeah, he seems it, angry. If the symbolism is that they're gay, like if it's just being gay, he's just like, why would you ever not say you're gay? Like you you are gay. Like be right. just be it. And like 
fuck everybody else, man. Like that's and that's what he says to Xavier. He's like, "Oh, you take a drug just to be normal? What a loser! Like you're all just a bunch of quitters." Right. Like, I, I, mean, I love that. That's definitely, like his, that's oh, definitely yeah. his character. Getting back, but uh, that's uh, the only the most articulate complaint. Everybody in that movie was represented in an amazing way, mm-hmm. except for Professor Xavier. Mm-hmm. And it, to make it the James McAvoy show. I was happy right, because he, according to the commercials, it looked like Wolverine's going to take Kitty Pryde's spot and go back in time, and he's going to be the star of Days of Future Past. And he really was not. He was comic relief. Yeah, most he, of he, yeah. he was not. It was the James McAvoy show, and then they had him walk for no reason and do and say and do things that are very very un-Xavier, mm. especially when he'd already been established as this Zen-like fucking mutant. Master. Yeah, at the end of First Class, he seemed pretty much like they ended it with like, "Well, now you're Charles Xavier's like, yep, I'm Charles Xavier, the teacher of the school." That one line at the end is like, they'll never find us. You're at your house. <laughs> you are at your house. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. But uh, the one thing that uh, we were all wrong about, hmm. everyone... Everybody said we'd have to eat shit about this. But, well, it's uh, not what? us. It's like the internet as a whole. What, what, what? Fucking Quicksilver. Oh, yeah. Quicksilver's totally. costume was eat still stupid. It was stupid, but it made sense it for him. It was stupid, it made sense in the 70s. But he was great. That was fantastic. Every moment he's on screen is yeah. amazing. He was great. The only problem with him is like, mm. why didn't you take him with you? Oh, because yeah. it would have ruined the movie. He <laughs> like, breaks the plot. You, yeah, he, the, he, the, one, the, the killer scene of him... Stopping all those gunmen in the kitchen is like this is an amazing. This is a Nightcrawler White House level scene. Yep, it totally was. Yeah, and you can make that that argument for like all superhero movies. We are all aware of their powers, and never, never are their powers effective. Yeah, that's and true. then Quicksilver's powers in one scene were the most effective thing we've ever seen yeah. in the entire history of on-screen. Yeah, superheroes. and then it's like so if you took him anywhere, <laughs> like you would win because he's so like he's so fast. So like, yeah. what would literally anyone have done? Like. Oh, oh no, all of the Sentinels are active. Oh, Quicksilver already solved it. Like, he went and just, <laughs> he bought a screwdriver and then piece by piece took them all apart. Like, yeah. what What would you have Yeah, hey, I think Mystique is in there, he's gonna kill Trask. Yeah. No, nah, he, he, she's not. No, never mind, he grabbed her and they're in California now. Like, yeah. What's the problem? Did anybody tell Quicksilver? Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's like, that's the only problem was the power level they gave him in that in that world does not compute. Was a really cool sequence. It's an amazing And the sequence. saddest thing is that like it sets a weird status quo for Avengers 2 to follow yeah. with their separate Quicksilver. I didn't think that was going to be a problem. Me just like, now I'm like, that was really Me cool, neither. guys. Because we're going to have to say it on this show, that Quicksilver moment wasn't as good as the one in Days of Future Probably. Past. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know what they could get Joss him. Whedon is a, is a resourceful true. guy. I, if anybody's going to come up with a way to top that Quicksilver, I hope it's him. But, but I, one thing I hope he feels challenged but by this. The fun, so do I. The thing with, the thing with Quicksilver that that was done so well was the fun arrogance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Avengers, and Joss Whedon knows mm-hmm. fun, but there's something about that fun arrogance. Mm-hmm. I don't know that this version of Quicksilver, who's going to be this tortured... Like, has his powers under duress. Like, I don't know that it will be the same type of thing. But he has to be... Well, that... (laughs) The classic Quicksilver isn't just, like, full of himself. He's a dick. He's just like, I'm too good for you, Avengers, but I guess I'll help you, stupid idiots. Like, that's... (laughs) That's Pietro's thing. Yeah. But, uh, and I like the little aside of like, hey, they, didn't, they didn't out, they didn't out and out say Magneto's his father. But Apparently like, that was a legal thing. They were not allowed to say that. What? Yeah. They, they can't, the, yeah, the way it's implied is like, uh, yeah, it's not said at all. Mm-hmm. 
That guy reminds me of what did he say? He's my like, mom, mom knew a guy. My mom so he's like, what's, like what's your power? Like, I can control yeah, they, According According to what yeah. I read, that they legally could not draw distinctions to him clearly being Magneto's father. And that was the only thing that makes it weird later in the movie, and they barely show her. There's he's a holding girl a little on his girl. lap, yeah. But it's, it's a little sister. Well, they're twins. Not in this universe, right, apparently. Right. Yeah. They are twins, case. I agree. They were twins raised in Wonder War Mountain by the high evolutionary. Okay, they were dropped right, out. Right. Like, or Washington, D.C. All right. It's a great movie. Go see it. <laughs> yeah, totally it's, worth it. And there's your yeah. we're not sucking Marvel Universe's dick anymore. Yeah, like, I that did. Was, that was great. So this was the negative. I This was my negative feeling afterwards. But uh-huh. it was just that. Oh, and then the tease. We it didn't get all Prometheus with you, did it? I didn't like that. Wolverine never got to do anything no. cool. Like he, and I know he just had a whole. He just movie had a whole Wolverine movie, doing, man. But like, he didn't do enough cool stuff in that. Like, I, I'm just waiting. I want one scene in an X Men movie X2. that will top the X Two scene. All right. That is the best Wolverine will ever get in a movie. True. And when you limit him with bone claws that can't th- cut right. through a fucking sentinel, like right. you're kind of screwed in a sentinel. Right. This but is again, adamantium claws come out one time. To, to severely hurt his friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then I did love... The Sentinels look cool, too, by mm-hmm. the way. I didn't... I doubted the Sentinels. They did, and if I'm going to be super nitpicky, which is why we created the show, uh, not consistent with the fucking 70s in any way. Yeah, they did look <laughs> yeah. a little... like. They looked like Fisher Price in 1997. Yes. Boulevard Trask was man ahead of his time. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, and then, yeah, the tease at the end was uh, ba- uh, confusing to most people. Again, yeah, and like, and they're chanting in Sabah Nur in yep. Sabah, and then it's Apocalypse making the pyramids. My only thing, and was there's very literal four horsemen in the background. The four horsemen, though, yeah. because to not show them at all, right would indicate that we're going to have some kind of lead up to who they might be and revealed and we will well, not Well, in that time frame they're nobody they are well i mean they're not people they're not famous they're characters. not going to be any of the characters then why show them because it's he, reinforcing oh, the it's apocalypse. It's to make it clear in yeah. case you didn't get it. Right. Like, see those four horsemen? The, mm-hmm. it's he also has a rotating cast of yeah. four so, I thought it was like a Battlestar Galactica situation. There'll be four and there'll be one of you and we'd slowly get no. movies one by one that showed Man. who the four horsemen would well, be. Well, no, sure this will be a, like... Well, that's what's unclear. is like, agent type thing or something. This is the thing where it's weird because like, okay, so we're still not 100% sure on what the status quo is of the universe. Yeah. But this is now... The past before any of the time travel stuff, so that none of this should really be affected. But it's like, mm-hmm. so Apocalypse is active, but like, what is like when he grows up? Like that that tease didn't do anything except show like here's Apocalypse mm-hmm. and he made the pyramids. Like well, he's that, gonna that, fade. Well, you gotta you gotta assume digitally. they're gonna keep they're gonna keep Lawrence Fassbender McAvoy around for one more movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they'll probably bring in. Uh, uh, Logan again, and they'll yeah. be the, it'll be in the eighties. Maybe I actually got severely it. worried about the health of Patrick Stewart and oh, Ian yeah. McKellen, thinking they about the future. Looked really old. Oh, Patrick Stewart's always held it pretty well, and like, man, you do look old now. Ian McKellen always no. looks old. Well, yeah, I guess so. But like, I think Patrick Stewart's held up all right. This was the first time, like, shit. They'll I, die. Someday. Remember when we, we had on the show? Yeah. We're like, I can't believe he's seventy. And like, yeah, I believe he's seventy now. <laughs> Yeah. Which um, is a downer. Yeah. Uh, good movie. Excellent. And that totally. X-Men 3 no longer happened. Yeah. Like, they just straight up say, like... Oh, they put Anna Paquin back in the movie to say nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but at but least... that she... version of Rogue sucks anyway, so... Well, I mean... and Storm barely got to do anything either. Dude, she... I was so surprised they got Halle Berry to come in there and 
Yeah, Halle Berry's so busy. Like she gets cast yeah. in movies all the time. All right, She's a woman a over forty. She doesn't get cast in things anymore. Yeah, but she didn't say anything for like two hours. Yeah, and, I whispered and that she was, to Charlie. She was ordered to like go over there. Storm. Yeah, I went from like go over there. X Men two and three. Her like taking center stage. Yes. And I think which it, fit because she had led the team. Like, or, yeah, she was leading true. the team in the comic. Yeah, during at this time, right? Uh, Not at in the nineties. She, she was. I don't know if, like, in 06 she was leading. She no, no, in, in, in Days of Future Past, in the past, Cyclops oh, was gone and she was leading the X-Men. I, that is true. I see. But she had no powers. They'd mm-hmm. all had. But right. I, so I'm guessing the question of the week is, what did you think? What did you think? Yep. The, the <laughs> usual re- post-review thing. But yeah. uh, Two thumbs down. That's what I say. <laughs> but, yeah, it was really good. And see, we're not, again, we're not, we're not uh, just loving on the Marvel Cinematic Universe and hating everything else. Like, mm-hmm. this was really, it was really good. I... Really fun. It was really fun. To be cooler. That's I didn't want Wolverine to take center oh, stage. Oh, Bishop was great. Bishop was yeah. Great he too. was well. He was cool. Sunspot was okay. He got he got a great fanat like yeah. I just loved all the blinks portals. Yeah, por- like portal gun stuff. Like yeah. all the momentum based stuff is really cool. Yeah, I loved that. It, it was a lot of fun stuff, and it really was good. All right, so so give us your opinions in the forums for this week's episode. Question of the week. Go to lasertimepodcast.com to see this week's episode page to links to the stuff we're telling you to buy. And also, plugs. Plugs of shit. If you're listening to this and there's still time left, we are right smack dab in the middle. Oh, I lost it. <laughs> there it is. The Laser Time Block Cardi. Because of all my free time, you get to vote on a game every day. And by the time you listen to this, the voting will be over. <laughs> but uh, so far, you guys have... Amazingly voted for Diddy Kong Racing, Muppet uh, Race Mania, and you fucking assholes, homie rollers. I can't believe you did that to me. That was very, very a hard way a to spend stream. an hour. That was a, fun a hard stream. way to spend an hour. We got one day left. I don't know what it is as of this recording. And then Friday is probably all Mario Kart all day. Mm. Playing online with you guys. If you're able to download it, and if the servers don't fuck up from Nintendo. Oh, God, like, yes. And maybe in between uh, this moment and the next 24 hours when it launches, they'll come up with like a lobby or party system. Mm. I somehow doubt it. I, I don't. Mario Kart 7 worked fine. Yeah, it, I played it online. It did, it did great. Uh, it did, but in, in terms of... Hold on, I'm not... To, oh. ter- in, well, I'll stop slamming the Wii. But uh, it, Laser Time this week is in, partially inspired by... Um, Days of Future Past reboots that do not suck. I do believe we were all on it talking about fun reboots. My big takeaway: watch Hannibal, people. It's lovely. That was one of our first ever like, uh, well, not first ever. It was it was one of the the irregular. Hey, we let's record it Sunday, post it Monday, like so. Mm-hmm. And then oh, and, and Video Game Apocalypse is mostly top five Mario Kart knockoffs. I should have a video accompaniment to that coming out soon. Uh, as well as some other stupid cart-based videos. I have no idea why I assumed anybody would want to watch that. Um, well, you went cart crazy. Yeah, I went cart crazy. And um, Konami, crazy, Konami carts. Uh, crazy carts. That's true. Thanks for mentioning that, Hank. It gives me a, uh, an excuse to play a little of this. Sounds like GBA. And also, I was on uh, that this week. And Video Game Apocalypse, also a lot of Watch Dogs talk. Watch Dogs is out. We tried to stream it. Sorry, we couldn't get that done. Xbox One's fault, not mine. And then I was also on this week's Cheap Popcast, which was really fun. And Brett, I'm sure you have something. VG Empire Video Game Music Podcast. All right, so until next time, Excelsior! Excelsior!